0: Welcome to the Staying Free podcast. This podcast seeks to give a voice to real people around the world who are attempting to stay free, stay sovereign and stay sane in a world which is changing faster than ever. In this episode, I talk with Self Banked. Now, Selfbanked is someone that I've followed for quite a while. And originally, when I uh, asked him to come on the podcast, it was to talk about Bitcoin and I wanted to have a conversation about Bitcoin. And, you know, I tried to, you know, just every now and again, kind of pepper in someone to talk about Bitcoin because It's something that I think is really crucial. And although I don't want this to be a Bitcoin podcast, I don't want it to just be all about that topic, I do feel that Bitcoin plays a really important and crucial role. So, you know, I think it's important to kind of have these conversations, at least on a semi-regular basis. But around the time I reached out to Southbank, it also came to my attention that, uh, you know, he is working in the NHS and is one of the NHS 100K who is up for the sack, Uh, basically because of, um, the new vaccine mandate that's coming in. So, um, we actually ended up touching on Bitcoin and, um, you know, we did talk about that and it it kind of threads through the conversation, but we also talked quite extensively about the NHS mandate and also just the kind of spiritual impact that that's having. Um, you know, obviously we, we talked specifically about self and and how it affects him, but also just, just, uh, people on a wider basis you know people who are working in that industry and um you know the, the kind of journey that the individual has to go through when you're making a decision like this um specifically you know whether to keep your job or whether to um stick with your principles essentially uh you know the people are going through this this process of having to make a decision between these two things and that really has a spiritual impact and um you know it can kind of go one of one of two ways essentially and uh, this is something that we definitely go quite deeply into in the conversation itself. So I really hope you enjoy this one. Um, I'm trying something a bit different with the intro today <laughs> rather than just doing something more scripted, just letting it flow a little bit more. So please let me know if um, you prefer this format because for me it feels a little bit more natural and uh, I might just stick to this in the future. So as always, I hope you enjoy the episode. and If you have any feedback or suggestions, feel free to reach out to it. Self-banked. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I've actually been following you for ages on Twitter, um, long before any of this was going on. I always loved the the Bitcoin content you were you were producing, and I think you were probably one of the people who pushed me more onto the maxi side. So, uh, thanks cool. for that, and uh, yeah, welcome. Pleasure.
1: That's great to hear, man. It's 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 awesome uh, to hear, sort of retrospectively, that you've been an influence uh, um, on people. I mean as far as I'm concerned, I was just, you know, a lone uh, ship poster. And uh, you you don't really know your reach or your impact uh, and things. So it's really nice for people to to kind of mirror that back to you and to reflect that back at some point. That's great.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you know, that was my kind of introduction to you was, uh, you know, as another kind of UK Bitcoiner. Um, But now I've recently learned that you also uh, kind of work for the NHS and are one of the NHS 100K, um, who is kind of facing the sack um, based on not getting the jab. So I guess um, maybe let's start there because that's kind of you know a really pressing mm. issue right now. Can you just kind of go into you know where, where you're up to with that and what your thoughts are generally surrounding it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a really big thing and I've had uh, quite an emotional day. I uh, spoke to the hospital director today um, which is a conversation that's been looming for some time. Um, I'm a consultant anaesthetist. I've been practicing for been uh, I've, I've been qualified for about six years. The training before that is uh, around sort of twelve to fifteen years or so. So it's quite a long process to get where I am. Um, but this could be the, the, the you know the last two or three months of my career in this country, and I, I had a, a pretty pretty big conversation with the hospital director today just about mandatory vaccination and and my stance on it which is still something that i am yet to, to really confirm because it hasn't actually happened yet but um i'm really having to dig deep to work out what my views are and whether or not i'm prepared to stand by them but 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 essentially i i i, I really think that People do need to make a stand and they do need to draw a line. And I think I've kind of reached my line with this. Um, I'm a father of a young boy. And I do fear that um, um, if people don't make a stand on this, then they're going to be coming for the teachers and other employees very soon. And they're going to be vaccinating our children. And that'll include my four-year-old boy uh, really very imminently. Uh, and, and I just, I can't, I can't be complicit or compliant with a with a system and vaccine policies whose kind of trajectory, I believe, uh, it, you know, is likely to harm the health and the freedoms of my children.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like you're in, uh, th- there's kind of two things that are happening in parallel. One is that you obviously want to protect your um, So is it son you said you had? Yes. Yeah. yeah it like, yeah,
1: like was just at the door just to... And so and just a few months ago. Oh, God, yeah. that's, who, that's who that was. Okay, okay.
0: So, yeah, on one hand, you obviously want to protect your son. Um, and that means, you know, wanting to have secure employment and needing to be, you know, financially secure, etc. But on the yeah. other hand, you know, part of protecting your um, loved ones is, you know, not kind of allowing some things to happen to kind of being able to stand in the way of things like tyranny. And, uh, you know, mm. that is... It's, it's much less of an obvious thing, right? Like, it's not so um, obvious as just saying, okay, do I or don't I have a paycheck? Like, you know, you are one person amongst many, and you know, you're in this kind of sea of essentially resistance, and it's very hard to tell exactly um, how much your independent contribution is going to make by holding the line on this. But I can imagine that that's a really, really difficult situation to be in where you're kind of, you know, you've got these two somewhat contradictory. Um, incentives um playing at the same time. And obviously, it's easy for someone like me. And I'm, I know there'll be a lot of people who will kind of listen to this who will say, oh, well, you know, hold the line, hold the line. You have to do it until the end. And, you know, I, I obviously wish that for everyone. But at the same time, I totally understand that this is a very difficult thing for those people
1: going through it. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it, it, it's about sort of trying to break the trajectory that I think could very well end up with kind of childhood. Sort of mass vaccination in this country, but but it's also about I'm not I don't want the vaccine really myself. <laughs> you know, you know I, I do feel that there is there is the potential of of kind of medical risk, and so to me, you know, there is a one in five thousand risk of some myocarditis, um, and and twenty percent of cases of kind of myocarditis seem to be permanent. So I mean that's not something to take very lightly. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm reasonably fit. I'm in my early kind of forties. Um, I'm, I'm quite responsible about my health. Um, I quit drinking a couple of weeks ago, and already I've seen a big sort of transformation there. But I, I just couldn't continue to, to you know, to, to, I think to drink during this next uh, kind of few months. Just the and so the mental kind of pressure that I'm increasingly feeling I'm under uh, it means I've really got to be my best kind of self at the moment, and I've got to think very sort of clearly and. Um, so, yeah, and so in a way, it, it does kind of force you to um, to get your shit together. But um, yeah, and so I don't want it myself. I don't want it for my family in the future. Um, and I wouldn't be in the position, I think, where I had any sort of choice about it if I hadn't have been in Bitcoin for a few years, um, which genuinely, I think, now gives me the kind of optionality where... I can make a moral stand and I can make uh I can take a risk and I can you know um not not have the guarantee of the kind of income that I've got at the moment although everyone I'm sure knows that when you get into a salaried job your expenditure as uh, as kind of dickens I think sort of said it just It just goes up to what your income is, you know? So it's going to be, it's going to be painful. It's going to be a big sacrifice and it's going to be a massive disruption in one way or another. Um, um, But everything's on the table really now about what my plans are. I'm going to be looking for medical exemption options. I'm going to be luckily where I am, which is on the border of sort of England and Wales there's the possibility of working over in uh, the Welsh kind of healthcare system, at least for a time. I don't know how long it'll last, but they ha- they're not uh, enforcing uh, kind of vax mandates there, and so Scotland's the same. So it's really just England. Interesting. I-
0: I'm surprised about that because they're the ones who have got the the vax passports and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty weird. I mean, I, I think and so Wales has been a pretty cut sort of nation, uh, you know, on this for the past couple of years and they're normally very sort of compliant. But I I think their health uh, care system has been in crisis and probably in sort of more crisis than the English one as well. And I think that they just realized that they can't take the hit, they can't take the loss. But I I don't know, and I'd be surprised if that was to last all that long, Um, but there might be the option that I could cross the border and get some work, I've already been exploring that. But I'm also thinking about other countries entirely. Um, and I'm very tempted um, to take a trip with the family um, over to Central America and explore a few uh, options there and to, to go to Mexico, to go to El Salvador, and think about maybe even completely changing careers. Um, look for a niche in something else. or. I don't know. At the moment, everything's on the table. Uh, it, it's, it's There's a lot of uncertainty, and it is quite terrifying. But at the same time, things are also... My thinking's quite clear, and I'm beginning to see the world kind of for what it is, um, as painful and as hard to deal with. Um, I don't know. It's I've never really felt like this, but I'm definitely... I'm alive, you know? I can feel all the stress of being alive and it is terrifying and exhilarating at the same time.
0: Yeah, I actually um, really feel what you're saying there. Um, I've kind of felt felt similar myself. It's almost like when you have so much taken away from you, when so many options are taken away from you, it kind of funnels your focus into one key area. And when you really feel like, um, you know, your actual scope of what you can do is just narrowed so much it's almost like okay well that's fine all that's fallen away and all i can do now is focus on this kind of remaining area like like what can i do from here type thing Uh, and also it's really kind of testing what we're about right it's like what 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 what, what am i about like what do i care about in this world it's like personally for me my own journey is kind of like i've come to this point where it's like okay my life has i've never had to make huge sacrifices in my life you know i've never had to turn down a lot of money i've never had to you know um leave my country or, or or do any of this it's always been um relatively easy to get by um but now the situation is kind of like how much do i care about this thing what how much am i willing to give up and i think mm. there's a part of that there's a part of that kind of uh, journey of personal sacrifice which actually does bring you alive, even though you think it would be the opposite and you would think, oh, well, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna feel awful all the time. I'm gonna be sad, I'm gonna be depressed. Um, You know, I've actually spoken to a lot of people in this community who have said that their their, their kind of anxiety or depression has actually gone away rather than um, heightened Mm. because it's like, well, um, you know, now my my focus, uh, I've got a goal, like I've got a purpose, I have I know what I'm about, I'm being challenged and this is a challenge and I've just got to do the next thing to try to get by. And I think a lot of us are feeling
1: that at the moment. Yeah, completely. I mean, um, it, and so the anticipation over, over the decisions has been the worst thing and the impending nature of it in my mind, uh, the fact that I am gonna have to make a decision, I am gonna have to have those conversations with work has been quite kind of paralysing, um, and I think that as it's coming into focus, um, it's causing me to ask questions of myself and to define what my values are. Um, yeah, and, and I also feel that if I was to, if I was to ignore my instincts and all the uh, all the learning and the research I've done about. problems and all my and all the objections that I have with the vaccine from the molecular to the epidemiological the moral the 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 kind of philosophical the legal and the political objections and economic kind of objections that I have to it then and if I was just to continue in my fairly mundane work at the moment doing what I'm doing I just don't feel I'm going to be I feel I'm going to be doing myself a disservice I'm not I'm not going to be self-actualizing in any way. I'm going to be just accepting the comfortable route against my moral kind of better judgment. And that could kill me, you know, <laughs> to accept that. I think, I don't think, I, I, think, I think I'm think i better than that. You know, I think this could be an opportunity for growth. I I think, I mean, the job I'm in, I'm proud of and I do when we do great work and the, my colleagues are excellent but uh I, you know I have worried about doing that for the rest of my life you know the it's it's a and so that's more scary than anything else <laughs> the the idea that I could be doing just that one job for the next 20 30 years jesus now that's scary um but I mean I I I've had the opportunity to be a bit of an entrepreneur in the past I sold a bit of bitcoin in 2017 and i i started this uh, little kind of restaurant and um i should never have sold the fucking bitcoin of course but it was a fun little business project and i've always had a bit of an itch to you know to start something um with and so within the bitcoin space uh, uh and so four or five uh, and 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 so friends we got together and remotely came up with this uh, kind of 21ism.com which is a bitcoin art collective we've been uh, kind of featuring artists in different kind of categories for about a year and and, and it's it's great to start new projects and it's i, I love that creative uh, kind of energy and the the kind of dynamism that comes with it um and I'd love to be involved with a lot more of that and of course if I'm not working you know and and so 8 or 5 as a mortgage slave then um you know i might have more time for the kind of things that that you know set my mind on fire and so bitcoin is clearly one of those things it has been it has been for a few years i've just been obsessed by it um, I, i'd love to i'd love to start something more related to that either locally or from what i'm hearing that there's definitely a gap in terms of educational sort of bitcoin spaces within countries like el Salvador you know, people have the opportunity to use it, but they don't necessarily know how. So uh, I don't know, you know, I think there's, there's room, there's room in the space for somebody to come in with a a little bit of funds and a lot of energy and some passion and, 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 and to build things now. And I'd I'd love to be part of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to go back to one of the things you were saying at the beginning there was you mentioned the word self-actualization and, um, Mm. You know, it almost is like um, in order to be self-actualized, do you do you just kind of um, continue to work a job that you might be, be really good at, etc. Or in order to become self-actualized, is it about following, um, you know, what you're about and following through with your kind of conviction and stuff? And I, I actually think that I've understood a bit more about being self-actualized recently in that, um, you know, what it's actually about is like you, you have your fundamental principles and you have to kind of follow them, even when sometimes mm. um, that it seems like a step backward. It's not a step backwards in the context that you're um, essentially kind of following through with your conviction and following through with your principles, right? Like you're you're actually kind of standing by them and stuff. So, um, and, you know, like, like you said, I guess um, my, my belief is, is normally that if you if you do well in one profession, um, normally, you tend to be pretty capable in another. Like if you're if you're capable of having one, one good career, you're probably capable mm. of doing that again. It's pretty unlikely you're gonna. Be like, oh well, I, I can't do anything else. And like you said, you obviously have a have a real um, kind of passion for, for Bitcoin and stuff. So, uh, and and you know, you might find down the line like that um, that ended up being your uh, what this was about for you. You know, it might be your be your kind of crowning moment. One, one day maybe you'll look back and go, Hey, like working in the in the NHS wasn't what I was meant to do for the rest of my Life. Um, you know, I was meant to work mm. in Bitcoin and I needed a bit of a, a push to get there. And obviously, uh, you know, sometimes you you wish that it's a bit bit easier rather than um, you know, being dealt a hard hand. But um, you know, hopefully down the line um it will be a, a positive transition.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be slightly rocky, but it could be very exciting. Um I, I also feel that in the hospital that I'm in, it's not a very big hospital. Um, but in a way this is kind of my opportunity to rock the boat and to really speak my mind and to speak power to authority and to be open and communicate with my colleagues and the people I work with about my views. And I felt I've had to to, to really hold back on that for, for quite some time now because of the, um, you know, the undercurrents. But I mean, if it's all going to be happening... Then there's no point in me holding back anymore, you know, and I don't have to worry about it. I can, I can try and just be as as clear and concise with people and as kind of genuine with them. I and I can explain things. I can explain what's been going on in my head, and I can explain things and to how I see them. And I think that could be helpful for some other people, um, because I I I find it hard that. Other people, I find it hard to conceive that other people aren't going through this same kind of angst, you know, that I feel I've been going through.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, interestingly, like it seems to be that there's quite a lot of Bitcoiners who are, who are in your position. I've seen in the community that there's uh, all the people who seem to be saying, "Oh, you know, i my job is is up for for kind of, you know, I'm going to be getting the sack, etc." It seems to be a lot of Bitcoiners there, Um, what's your experience kind of working within that industry, like how many of your colleagues who aren't kind of Bitcoiners, who aren't kind of, I guess, you know, not to disparage kind of the normie world, but I guess, you know, Bitcoiners tend to be very critical thinkers, um, people who think deeply about um, issues and principles, etc. What's the kind of general vibe from your colleagues, um, you know, who, who aren't members of this community?
1: I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I think the Bitcoin community uh, has a problem with authority figures. Yeah, I, I think we, we've we're all we, we've all um, we all don't like being told what to do. Um, so that's maybe part of the reason why there's been a tendency for, uh, you know, for Bitcoin is plus the kind of critical thinking aspects, plus the ability to conceive of a conspiracy so obscene that, that it's just this. Huge, you know, and so most people can't wrap their heads around the possibility something so big could be occurring. Um, but I mean, the the place I'm working in actually um, has quite a lot of kind of foreign workers in uh, the hospital. I work in it's a small kind of private hospital. and There's an awful lot of people from Hungary, from uh, from kind of Poland, from the Czech Republic, from uh, kind of Bulgaria. Um, so you know these are uh, countries that have had experiences of of kind of communism within the lifetime of my colleagues um so and so they've kind of seen things that are quite similar to what's occurring right now in our western democracies um and so quite a lot of them are awake to it um but i think if you're awake to it that, that that's sort of one thing but you have to have the optionality to resist as well. And I think you know part of the reason that people are unable to resist is because they don't have the financial security because it's not been possible to develop the financial security or independence under a broken monetary system. Um, but yeah, there are a number of consultants and sort of surgeons who uh, I'm speaking to on a regular basis at work who are in exactly the same position as me. Um, and they're finding it really hard. We're all finding it really hard. I mean, it's a lot of stress, um, and I can see that. I suspect that that they're going to be complying. Um, you know, that there's one guy who's up for retirement, who's you know he's fine, but I think I think the ones who I, I think the others, I think the others are probably going to well there's one guy who's gonna have to comply and it's it's heartbreaking to see people go through people hit that sort of wall um I don't don't know it's hard
0: yeah definitely I mean obviously like I I'm not in that position and I, I mean I would probably be I'm sure that at some point they're gonna they're gonna try to turn up the heat and and figure out a way to try and try and get me to take the vaccine but at least at this point you know given everything that i do and you know i work for myself and i don't even live in the uk and i work remotely and stuff like i'm really at the end of that barrel but sometimes i try to put yeah. myself in the position of those you know of people like yourself who are who are in those those jobs or you know <laughs> like you said i mean maybe maybe not even people like yourselves but people who have absolutely no optionality who literally they have no choice but to take it um and i just feel feel really bad you know it's um it's just so unfortunate we're living in this world now where people have to um, potentially kind of um, just fold on such an important issue yeah. that that for me, I would really struggle to live with that, you know, because I'm someone and I'm sure that you are as well because you're a Bitcoiner um, who, you know, we, we try to live by principle, right? Like that's kind of part of being a Bitcoiner is that you... You care about fairness, and you care about honesty, and you care about truth, and all the rest of it, and, and doing the right thing. And um, when you're put in these situations where it's like, well, you know, you, you've got to take this thing, otherwise, um, you're not going to be able to feed your family or, or whatever it is. It's just such a, mm. it's such an awful situation. And um, going back to what we were saying before about, um, you know, it being a something that we kind of def- is going to potentially end up defining us. I guess in a in a strange way yeah. this is almost like our our war you know like we haven't had to go to mm-hmm. war we haven't had to you know go and go and necessarily die for our beliefs uh, for our beliefs um however it, we are in in a, in a way having a kind of gun put to our head of sorts and our answer is you know are we are we willing to to kind of take a hit on this uh, for our own um for what we believe in type thing you know it it really is um it really is that kind of situation. And, uh, you know, sometimes yeah. I, I have to think of, think of that to try to keep myself sane. It's like, okay, I'm having to, you know, potentially, um, you know, at some point, okay, w- will I be able to earn the paycheck? You know, will I be able to go to the pub? Will I be able to, you know, go to the cinema, whatever it is. But actually, um, you know, I'm not having to face down, um, like, literal bullets. I'm not having to, to, to literally, you know, face down an enemy at war type thing. Um, but it doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that it's, uh, it's any, uh, well, obviously it's less bad. Right. But like, um, for the soul, it's, it still, is painful. It's painful to, to do something that is not in line with your, with your essence.
1: Yeah, no, I think it would be a little, uh, kind of mini death. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to have to give in to your beliefs like that. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm worried about the impact that would have on my psyche, I I think, Um, because the reality is that, you know, even though my salary is pretty good, it's still disappearing every month. You know, I'm not getting any further because I have it. You know, I think my stacking days are kind of behind me or or my, you know, (laughs) or the majority of them are. But um, yeah, so I don't know, fuck it. I'm just gonna jump. I think I don't know. I think I'm gonna jump.
0: <laughs> well,
1: yeah. I mean, I won't tell you, tell you, tell
0: you what you should do. But I know, yeah. I know. Obviously, everyone is kind of like ruin for people like you to just say don't, don't, um, don't fold. But you know, I guess better advice is do what is actually the right thing. And you know, um, that means a different. That means something different to different people, right? But I, I, as you said, like Bitcoin has given you. Um, optionality that most people don't have. And um, Mm. I find this kind of strange how the way that we always thought that Bitcoin would offer us freedom um, Mm. is quite different to how it's actually panned out. You know, I always imagined, Mm -hmm. okay, Bitcoin's going to offer me freedom because, uh, you know, it's going to, you can transact with it without being censored, you know, this, that, and the other. But actually now it's more like, you know, has it, Given you some degree of financial liberation that means that you're able to take a hit, like losing your job, for instance. And that actually seems to be the, the situation that a lot of Bitcoiners are in now. It's like, okay, I I didn't want to use my Bitcoin. I didn't want to de- dig into that. I wanted to just leave it there or, you know, hand it to my grandkids or whatever. Sure. But actually, you know, I, I kind of think if if th- this is as good a
1: use for Bitcoin as any, right? Like if you have a stack. It really is. I mean, obviously, um, I'll do everything to avoid... You know, come spending as much as I possibly can. You know, I'll be cutting my own hair and I won't be buying any chairs. But um, but um, and I'll be trying to refinance as much as possible over the next few months, so that uh, I'm not having to sort of sell as much. I'm not. There's no point me just paying anything off. I just need to keep everything on the minimum <laughs> repayments, just ticking along for as long as possible. This has come along a really bad timing, of course, because, and so plan B's uh, kind of predictions for price right now, were a little bit, a little bit above where we are, which is another aspect of it. Um, but, and so who knows where we'll be by April. I'm kind of, you know, <laughs> if things have moved a little bit by April, it'd be a much, much easier uh, kind of transition. Certainly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. So on the on the Bitcoin note, because um, I'm not actually sure like how long you've uh, been in Bitcoin. I think you've been in as long as as long as I can remember, but um, but I'm not sure whether I've got the, the kind of timescales wrong on that. So do you mind just when was going that? into your and, and so when were you in? I mean, I, I got in in 2016, and I didn't really get mm-hmm. much involved in the, in the kind of Twitter space until probably 2017, somewhere around there. But um, yeah, do you mind going into your kind of uh, Bitcoin origin story a little bit?
1: Yeah, um, well, um, I've always um, been um, had a problem with authority, I I guess, as as we said earlier. I sort of left home quite early um, and um, did a lot of traveling and um, enjoyed university a great deal and sort of dabbled in everything I possibly could get into. Um and um I was uh uh listening I, I got quite interested in the kind of Linux community and the open source kind of ethos. Um that definitely kind of fired me up a lot. I, I was um I bought my first uh into so apartment in London uh, literally three or four months before the the great kind of financial crash. Um, and I saw um I saw the price of it drop by 40% within a few months of me buying it. And it was the biggest financial decision of my life. So I I, you know, it was, I was like kind 30-ish and um it was just pretty horrendous. the blood just kind of drained out of me and I was a kind of ghost for a few months. Um it's pretty horrendous to see that. And and, and so to actually experience that was quite scary. Um, And it made me really question the structure of the financial world. And I got interested in the Occupy movement. And um, then I I started listening to some kind of Rogan. And uh, I wanted to buy some DNT. So I got onto the Silk Road in like 2014. And I've got some Bitcoin, and I ended up just reading more about Bitcoin and getting into Bitcoin more, and never actually buying the DMT. Um, and for about six months ago, and, and so for about six months, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of buying, uh, and then my sort of lost interest for a couple of years, and then in sort of 2017 again, of course, everyone uh, got very excited. Uh, I, I sold some Bitcoin at that stage and as I said I started this little restaurant in South Wales, um, which was really fun. Um, but uh, 2018 and 2019 I was watching things very closely. I, uh, people who I'd been talking to in the Bitcoin kind of community uh, were developing more of a presence in the space. And uh, they switched me on to kind of maximalism in about 2018. Uh, That was when the educational sort of content started getting really good. There was a lot of great sort of podcasts that were coming out. Um, You know, there was some books like the Bitcoin Come Standard. And, uh, you know, if you start to go down that rabbit hole, it just, everything clicks. And, you know, it was in 2018 that I just... I went to a, I went to a Bitcoin event. I went to to hit, to kind of Berlin in 2019 for the Lightning Conference, and that just was really really exciting. And it was it was it was phenomenal to 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 kind of see the talent and the brains in the room, and to realise that these were some of the smartest people on the planet. I thought really, and that they were very passionate and very hard working on this project. and lightning um, yeah really brought into focus for me the potential of Bitcoin and um, yeah after that I just w- discovered Bitcoin from Twitter and said I'd do a meme a day and uh, yeah, that just escalated I I, I really enjoyed and some sort of visual representations of the ideas that I was learning about uh, from the podcasts and the books and the articles and the videos that I was seeing. Um, so I just, you know, tried to crystallize the ideas and to, and to get them into little images and to post them onto Twitter and to Instagram. And I'd, I'd, I'd done a quite a bit of some social media for the restaurant before. So that was uh, was quite exciting. And I've always been quite a visual person. Um, and then, yeah. 21-ism like i explained before has been really phenomenal and then uh kind of covid happened and i uh wrote a graphic story um which i got a bitcoin i got a kind of graphic artist to do the artwork for and i self-published and we've been and i've been selling that for bitcoin for about a year or so now which has been uh a really cool little project and um yeah, it's great to sell something when Bitcoin is eight thousand uh, dollars, and then watch it go up to sixty-nine thousand dollars and think, "Fucking hell, that was uh, that was worth selling." you know, that was worth a little bit of entrepreneurial kind of drive. Um, so yeah, I want to, I want to do, I want to sell more. Uh, kind of things for Bitcoin, I, I think it, it it's uh, it's a lot uh, simpler than selling things for kind of fiat currencies. You know, dealing with being a registered kind of business, dealing with the taxman, dealing with um, and so dealing with um, uh, your accountants and kind of company's house is a complete fucking ball ache. Um, and I think that Bitcoin allows us to really go global and to do it with a with a, a tiny amount of kind of friction compared to the legacy system
0: yeah it's amazing um when you're in bitcoin and you're you're sending sats to people over the lightning network to do stuff for you online yeah. and so, suddenly it's just like it makes the the kind of legacy financial system just feel so antiquated it's amazing how quickly it's awful, just become yeah. accustomed to that yeah 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 Just to go back to something you were saying before because um, i I actually got into into Bitcoin via the dark web as well, um, mm. which I think a lot of people who were who were getting in around that time I think probably 2016 was towards the end of that and then it all became about you know the mad gains right in the, in the 2017 kind of bull run um, but g- going back to that um, did you you said you didn't end up um, getting the the DMT in the end I'm just, no. I'm just a bit I'm, I'm a little bit um Curious to know about your uh, kind of psychedelic journey, because like, um, what's your kind of thoughts around all that, or your kind of experience?
1: I mean, I I, I'm looking forward to the opportunity um, to get more involved with that. I mean, I've um, at university, I used to I used to enjoy kind of clubbing, and I used to enjoy. MDMA and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, and, um, you know, recreational drugs were fun. Um, um, and I did some, uh, kind of magic mushrooms a few times. And I went to Bali where I proposed to my wife about, uh, and so five years ago now, <laughs> um, and did some magic mushrooms there as well. And that was fun. And, and then, uh, I've done them fairly recently again, but in a very small dose but um, yeah, it's it's. Um, I, th- I, th- I think I think they can be very useful. I think um, they can be like cheaper than having some therapy. I, I've, I've, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to go to Peru and do an ayahuasca kind of ceremony. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. It sounds pretty cathartic, potentially pretty scary. But um, yeah, I think you've got to face your demons. Um, and I've certainly got a few of those, you know, in the closet still. Um, but it's been very difficult. I mean, being a into so being a kind of father of a young boy and taking the the steps into parenthood, a, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the opportunities to to indulge that curiosity, um, you know, they disappear.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, in, in, interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I have a bit of a theory that you know, people who have um experimented with psychedelics seem to just be i don't know they, they seem to kind of recognize and i don't know whether this is a selection bias right like people who are critical thinkers tend to try psychedelics or whether it's that people you know you try psychedelics and it turns you into more of a critical thinker but it, yeah i just get the impression that you know quite a lot of people who have who've have done psychedelics they seem to kind of like recognize that there's there's something more um, than just mm-hmm. doing the day-to-day run-of-the-mill thing, and you know, bringing this back to the kind of, um, you know, f- for instance, like like the vaccine passports and everything. It's almost like the people who are thinking deeply about these issues and who are willing to suffer for this for this cause, um, you know, people like URI, uh, um, tend to have you know maybe had had these experiences that are, that are much more esoteric, and have kind of connected with a bit of a different kind of world in a sense, you know, where you're you're more able then coming out of the other the other side of it to go ah well you know it's not just all about what's in front of us and you know there is something something deeper and um you know there is that there's something more than the material world and i think that that sometimes translates into having more of a conviction to follow through on your kind of um you know philosophy um you know and to kind of uh, try to to live authentically
1: etc i don't know i don't know if you'd agree with that yeah i i think it gives you um you know, it, it gives people the opportunity to look behind the curtain a bit. You see the old man behind the curtain kind of pulling the levers, like in The Wizard of Oz. Um, you realise that there's a reality behind reality, like in the kind of Plato's Cave sort of analogy. Um, And you realise there is... Uh, the world is a very energetic place. It, it's, it's an energy-based world. Um, And a lot of these things are you know, our impact on them is fairly irrelevant. They're just, it's just, it's its like uh, deep kind of physics. It, it, it's this kind of quantum physical sort of reality sort of behind us, behind humanity's fairly recent impact on, um, and so on the planet. Um, yeah, I, I think you do start to question things a bit more and perhaps that does allow you to, to lift the veil on things like what's kind of going on right now with covid and what has been going on for 50 50 years with the fiat monetary system. Um I also think the fact that that kind of bitcoin is an energy based uh, kind of money is like slightly goes into that. I mean bitcoin is this um you know this uh, this kind of cyborg uh viral kind of parasitic like an idea that's just um mm. spreading like a mycelium around people's brains and across computer networks around the world I mean it, it it it's pretty uh fucking trippy really just to try and get your head around that
0: yeah yeah it really is and you know um I I suppose that you've you've uh read Brandon Quittum right yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. like, like he, he, he talks about some of these ideas. Yeah, it is, it is very interesting to think about. It's almost like a, I mean, I'm not one of these people who subscribes much to the whole, you know, Bitcoin is a living being thing. I think for me, that's just like pushing the boat out too far. But it does kind of have incentive structures which cause it to behave in a way, um, you know, through the incentive structures of individual self-interest it kind of propagates its way um, in the world akin to... Um, a kind of, you know, a being of its own right that we can't necessarily kind of predict or control, and it has a way of kind of, you know, disseminating itself into the world. So I do have a lot of respect for for those kind of ideas, although I stop short of of the whole Bitcoin is a living, is a living being uh, argument. But
1: it's interesting. It's interesting the way that the properties of Bitcoin begin to manifest in Bitcoin as. After some time, you know that they, they all, yeah. they all seem to start to take more personal responsibility, uh, to drop away the kind of fiat uh, kind of culture, you know, and 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 and, and really focus on uh, more fundamental aspects of their lives. I think that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, and I think you know I've I really like Eric Case, and I think he's just like yeah. one of the most smart people in the space, and. You know, one of the things Love that, him. that he often talks about is the, the kind of messianic nature of Bitcoin. Yeah. It's almost as if yeah. things come into the world. And, you know, I know that some of these ideas, you know, there's going to be people switching off a little bit right now because I know that my <laughs> kind of audience is not is not necessarily Bitcoiners. It's like, th- th- there's there's some Bitcoiners, but, uh, you know, this might be getting a bit too esoteric for someone who's either new or or, or isn't in Bitcoin. But it does seem to have this way of transforming the individual, and not just the individual, but the, the society at large through these kind of incentive structures, where it, mm. it just kind of has bursted into the world and it just fixes so many things. And it basically says, you know, if you try to be evil in the face of this thing, you know, it's it's gonna, you're gonna have a reckoning come to you. It's almost just like this kind of, um, this system of, you know, reintroducing kind of economic consequence, you know, to, to people's yes. decisions, makes them, uh, you know, turns them into um, better people, in a sense. Like, you have to make um, better decisions, you know. It kind of obliterates um, fiat cu- culture, which I now look yes. at uh, almost like a kind of evil, and I, I know that these terms yes. might seem a little bit, um, you know, extreme to, to say words like evil, but sometimes I'm looking at you know, fiat culture and just how kind of, you know, wasteful it is and how superfluous it is to human requirement, and so, wait, you know, it just t- doesn't feel Right to me and then you have this thing bitcoin that comes in and it makes people you know it makes people kind of like long-term uh, time horizon thinkers and you know mm-hmm. it makes people kind of more um more, more kind of stoic in a sense but also yeah um, yeah you know more frugal you know um, like mm-hmm. more con- conservational mm-hmm. you know it just uh yeah. it really has has changed so much like in my life and i know a lot of other bitcoiners feel the same way and um Yeah, I mean, I guess this has just turned into a a bit bit of a a kind of Bitcoin rant. I'm not sure what my point was. No, it's all good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think if you don't, and so if we didn't have it, then Western culture would just continue to kind of denigrate itself, and um, you know, it's it's turning into some weird fucking kind of mutant now, which is just clearly not going to have much of a future. It seems to be. Uh, kind of eating itself, you know yeah, uh, I, I think that this kind of sound money culture uh, in a way is a return to more traditional values, um you know and and values that have underpinned humanity's sort of march of progress in the past when they had a sound money. You know, it's only in the last kind of fifty years that that uh, money's become just kind of meaningless and 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 the incentive structures have become so broken that uh our culture has morphed into something so obscene you know um yeah and and it would be great to just try to strip all that back and 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 to you know i, I don't know i just want to i just want to you know be self sufficient and have a homestead and maybe <laughs> And to and to raise some animals and a child and, 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 and a family and uh um start to harness some renewable energy and <laughs> you know, um do that whole um that kind of citadel thing and that kind of permaculture thing. And yeah. M- maybe that's the stage I'm in my life, but I think it's it's slightly accelerated by my interest in Bitcoin and the values of Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm um, I'm darting out around a little bit here, but I know before you mentioned that you were thinking about potentially moving to South America or to some some other place. Um, you know, mm. if uh, you end up losing your job, um, mm. like, can you just um, I guess go into your thoughts there a little bit, like what you're what you're thinking as a potential alternative. I know that you've not necessarily mm. thought it right through to the finer details yet, but um, you know, just what what are your thoughts around that, because I know that a lot of people. Are doing are doing that right now?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think England and the UK have been really quite good until now, um, but there, there was the front page of the Mail on Sunday in Scotland yesterday was um, uh, information was was the the, the front headline. Was from the the kind of virus advisor or the vaccine advisor to the Scottish government, and it said that all children over five should be vaccinated to keep the schools going. Um, so I think that things are changing in the UK, um, and I think there's very few places in the world that they you know that are resisting this. The the main areas that in my mind I can see are. Central and South America, uh, the Balkans, as in Croatia, yeah. Montenegro, uh, Serbia, kind of Bosnia, and Albania.
0: I'd probably say Poland as well
1: might be in that category. They seem to be pretty good these days. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, uh, also, into parts of Africa, particularly, particularly, kind South Africa. I think looks interesting right now. Um, and so my wife is Nigerian, a kind of, a kind of British Nigerian. So I've, I've never had the opportunity to go out to Nigeria, but um, yeah, that could be something that we explore as well. I mean, certainly Bitcoin growth within Nigeria is huge. Uh, I know that Jack Dorsey's been spending a lot. He's, he's spent a lot of time out there. He's putting a lot of, kind of energy into, uh, into growing Bitcoin infrastructure within Africa, which I think very much could be huge. Um, so, uh, but of all countries in Africa, maybe South Africa could be, could be interesting. Uh, although can Kenya's pretty cool as well. I mean, I, 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 I'm starting to think about things like which countries have the cheapest electricity rates and have some, some stable government. Uh, cause I've done a bit of mining over the past 18 months and it's turned out quite well. And I'd like to, increase the amount of that, that I do. Um, it's definitely a good business plan.
0: Well, I have a great tip for you here. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is hot hot off the uh, press. So oh, yeah. So so here here in Merida, they have that, so I'm in Merida, which is in Yucatan in Mexico. And yes. here they have free, I think it's the oh, this might be the only place in the world that I've seen this. They have free electricity sockets around the streets. Because apparently the, the electricity is so cheap here. So you can just charge your phone, like, you know, you can go into the parks and stuff and they just have these sockets. Um, to which my friend said to me, well, when we found out about this, he was just like, just let, like we should just hook up a miner. <laughs> right? Like, I'm assuming that probably it isn't going to last long, but I think that there might be a temporary arbitrage opportunity to come and plug in a few miners uh, out here and just get free mining. <laughs>
1: That's interesting. I mean, if if it's if electricity is that cheap that they're able to have these kind of free plugs, it, it, I mean, maybe that's not the place to be plugging in. But if you were to get a space, the, Mexico might be a good place to site it. I hadn't thought about that. Um, it's been interesting recently, like seeing uh, the the kind of Kazakhstan thing sort of develop, because Kazakhstan uh, had a lot of quite cheap electricity. And that was the reason that a lot of the miners from China went there. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think if you were to do a mining facility um, in a country that was more unstable or had uh, kind of crime issues, you know, you've got to really think about the security of the installation. Um, but and so and so, mining can be really good. I think the return on investment that you get from mining uh, is hard to match in any other business um, if you can get a hold of the miners. <laughs> Yeah, um, and so particularly at the moment, with the price not being where it should be, and things like kind of Kazakhstan sort of dropping out, at least for the time being, um, means I think it's probably not a bad time to be in mining, to be getting into mining, uh, or to be getting a lot more into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, in, in I, I mean, I I think if 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 my job does go down, the main thing, main person I've got to convince is my wife, of course. Although I keep planting seeds there Um, but we we'd love to get a a a one-way flight to cancun and then and then uh, explore mexico a little bit more we've been there before and then head down to el salvador and kind of guatemala and and costa rica um but, but but predominantly explore the potential for business for entrepreneurial business within and so within el salvador and so at least kind of as things really stand at the moment. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you've got you've got quite a lot of um, Bitcoiners who are moving out there now. I think Max and Stacy have already got their citizenship. Yeah. It sounds like there's other people who's, who's following. And, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying, you know, um, in terms of there are just so much better opportunities out there. Um, you know, the West has kind of been living on, not, not necessarily a lie, but just on kind of old news for a long time now. It's like, oh, you know, best quality of living, this, that and the other. But actually, like, you know, freedom in the West is at an all time low and it's getting lower. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. you have other places mm-hmm. that I just think are really strong um, places to live. And this is something that I've noticed is a difference between the kind of Bitcoin crowd and the non-Bitcoin crowd within the kind of freedom movement that's a kind of umbrella for both groups, which is that the Bitcoiners are much more prepared and willing to move to a different place. Whereas the non-Bitcoiners are a bit more kind of stay on and fight, and, and, and I'm not kind of, I don't necessarily have strong feelings on either one. Obviously, I've taken more of the kind of, you know, go where you're treated best. Um, you know, um, f- seek out freedom, seek out, you know, like-minded people, etc. I, I fully respect the kind of stay and fight people. Um, but at the same time, I do yeah. think that, that, that there's a place, um, you know, there is something to be said for, um, leaving and going to another place yeah. which um allows you to have more freedom and um yeah I, I'm not sure like yeah I, I don't know necessarily exactly exactly where that is but I do think that the globe is gonna is gonna change like um the kind of geographical boundaries that we're used to are gonna really change um coming into this period because just like with any big world event um, you know, you think of something like World War II, afterwards, you know, so many people were just displaced. You know, you have people living in different places all over the world who were, you know, moving because of war. They were moving because of, um, you know, seeking out more, um, you know, seeking out political asylum and all the rest of it. And I think mm-hmm. that with a, a something such as, um, you know, COVID-19, um, just the nature of how governments are trying to strangle freedom, et cetera, I think it's inevitable that people are gonna move to different places. And um, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's that's a bad thing. I actually think it's good that people should shop around for freedom because that brings a kind of more market force to this, uh, which doesn't yeah. otherwise exist. If you just say, "Well, I'm going to stay and fight," okay, great, like that is good and it's noble, etc. But you're not necessarily voting with with your wallet. There's something to be said, or, or kind of voting with your feet almost. It's like I'm not going to be a taxpayer here anymore. I'm going to go to this other place where I can where I can live free. And I do think there's yeah. uh, th- there's an importance in that too. So so I think I think both are important.
1: Yeah I mean I think the kind of cross fertilization that could come out of people sort of migrating for freedom to to developing world countries could be really interesting you know that could be really exciting to be involved with and when you talk about people wanting to to kind of stay and fight yes i respect that too but who really is kind of fighting here um and and and, and how are they fighting i mean the fighting is well, you you don't want to, to fight with, you know, the government on the street. You don't want to fight with the man with the you can baton and and the you can pepper spray. That fighting's not going to be getting us it's that's not gonna be helping, I don't think. Um you know, it might be fun for a bit, but I don't think that's the answer. Um wh- whereas you can fight in an online space. I mean, and so you're a good example of this. I mean, you I I thought that you were UK based. I thought that you a lot of your discussions are about what's happening in the UK, but you're not even in the UK. Um so, so you but you're still having an impact on people here, you know. So you're still kind of fighting here even though you're even though you're kind of living remotely. So I mean, because of the global internet world that we're in, I mean, you don't really need to be in in the country that you I don't know. You know that you want to do the fighting in.
0: Yeah, that that's a good point. I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because actually I think that what it's about um if I was to to really try to define it is like where is your um what what's the most impact that you can have or where is your kind of best effort spent? And, you know, because another part of this is for instance in Mexico at the moment, you know, you have and not just mexico i know this is happening in other parts of central and south america people are kind of buying land you know people are, are kind of coming together in communities and and they're really kind of getting off the grid in, and becoming more sovereign and your propensity mm. to do that is much much greater somewhere like here than it is in the uk yeah. so um you know sometimes it's like well what's the best um what's the highest um degree of change that i can make and that's not necessarily always in your in your home country so like you said you know you can care about it and really want things to change etc but also uh, you know i think that probably the most important thing is that we all do whatever action is necessary to try to get um, more free and more sovereign and come together within within our our kind of community and t- to advocate for yeah. our values and and that doesn't necessarily mean um you know staying and, uh, and fighting, it, it can for some people. And yeah, yeah like I said, yeah. I, I fully, I fully respect that. Um, you know, I fully respect that kind of sentiment, but I also do think that, um, you know, shopping around for your freedom is an important part to play. It's kind of like, you know, if you go to a restaurant um, and you're being treated really bad, I mean, you can sit there and you can argue with them all day and you can say, no, yeah. I want this, go and cook it again, all the rest of it. Or you can just say, I'm just gonna go to another restaurant that's gonna treat me well. Right. Like I know that it's um, yeah. maybe a little bit oversimplified because you would say, oh, well, this is my home country. I'm not going to just let it go, et cetera. But for me, who's a kind of libertarian, I don't really believe in these nationalistic kind of um, ideas anyway. I just kind of think, you know, if you can have freedom somewhere else, it's not your home country. Um, there's, you know, some, sometimes that's a really good opportunity and that's actually going to move us into the future faster, potentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the thesis of the kind of sovereign individual. You know, we we have the ability to kind of shop around, uh, and and it used to be purely about the economic uh, sort of aspects of what you were able to earn, perhaps. But 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 now it seems to be about kind of freedom. So if I want to shop around for freedom, as I say, those, those are the areas that I'm looking at. But also being in the UK, like what I'd really like to do, I can't do in this country. Um, you know, there's a lot of paperwork. It's 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 a real kind of nanny state. Um, things move very slowly. There's a lot of bureaucracy. Um, you know, it's a great country in a lot of ways, but I mean, for instance, I, I was wanting to maybe look at getting some land with some hydro potential for mining and uh, looking more into that in this country. Uh, you know, you have to if you if you have a stream or a kind of river and you want to just uh you can't really put anything on the river itself. If you wanted to take any water out and put it through a little kind of mini kind of hydro installation uh with a bit of concrete and this this kind of spiral structure, um, even though the water's going out and then and so six feet kind of later is going directly back into the river, you have to pay per. You know, And, and so per litre that kind of comes out, you have to you have to pay for all the water that you remove from the river, even though you're putting it kind of directly in and you have to get kind of permission from the from the local council for this sort of water extraction stuff. I mean, it's just it's just impossible to, you know, if, if you were to buy a huge amount of land that had a river coming through it, you wouldn't be able to monetize that for, you know, a small amount of electricity production without going through a massively drawn out, very lengthy process of legislation with your local council. Um, I don't know. Whereas I think maybe if you were to get a bit of land in, uh, you know, so somewhere in Central or South America, I think you could probably do that without anybody even knowing about it or caring about it. Yeah, I think that that's true. Um, you know, it does seem
0: that think it's easy to do those kinds of things here. I guess that it seems to be the trajectory, generally speaking, of a, na- of a nation, that as it gets richer, over a long enough mm-hmm. period of time, it just introduces more and more laws, rules, regulations. And in the end, it actually becomes, you know, it, it kind of becomes a victim of its own success in a sense. And I do think that in the UK, we've kind of like lost track of, um, you know, what we're supposed to be about, you know, it's like, well, it, it should be about, you know, Empowering people and you know empowering the entrepreneurial spirit, etc. And I don't think that exists so much there now. Um, whereas these things are still relatively easy in, in other places. Um, you know, I've got a friend who went over to um, who went over to uh, Vietnam to to start mm. a kind of a, a kind of bed and breakfast type thing. And um, you know, he just said like I'd never be able to do this in the UK. You know, I just yeah. I wouldn't possibly be able to do it. Everything would have to be um you know scrutinized on a kind of yeah. legal basis and yeah. and this that, and the other and, and the it, there would just be too much red tape to be able to do it whereas it's almost yeah. like and i definitely got this feeling when i was out there that that the american dream is very much alive in vietnam right like um not so much um in a lot of places in the west but over there there's you know huge uh, you know so many kind of small business owners and things because it's just the barrier to entry is low mm-hmm. uh, The the red tape you know um it doesn't exist in in many cases and it, it kind of like creates a
1: flourishing society. Well that sounds fun doesn't it? That sounds so much fun to be in a place where you have the potential to turn ideas into reality. You know, I I, I I'd, I'd loved I'd love that opportunity again. Um, yeah, cuz it's it's feeling a bit like we've lost that here in an awful lot of ways. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kind of stagnant.
1: Yeah. It's been kind of stagnant. I mean, I've I've had friends over the years who have emigrated to other countries and, uh, you know, you sometimes think about what they've done and you think maybe, you know, you wish you'd done the same thing. Uh, and uh, you know, some of them went to Australia. So, uh, and so now I don't think that anymore, (laughs) but, uh, but, um, but maybe this is, this is my opportunity to, for everything to come together, you know, everything that, i wanted my future to be i wanted my family and their future to be it could be the future that i carve out over the next few years um and so starting in april <laughs> so it could be a whole new beginning and it could be massively optimistic and um i think you've got to be optimistic don't you i mean it's been such a difficult time kind of mentally and 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 kind of spiritually for everyone um but the only way to live, really, is to be a rational optimist. So, yep, yeah, I've got to make sure that I have my head together and my shit together, and I, I, um, I kind of tackle um, this kind of nexus of fuckery that's coming at me uh, with, you know, the the best acumen that I can.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure you will. You know, um, I mean, I, I put out a kind of Twitter thread. Um, a few days ago and it was all about you know being kind of willing to recognise the world has like fundamentally changed and to not try to kind of cling on to it but to actually just say this world has gone and you know we just need to now look towards the future And and I think that you know maybe that's the situation you're in it's certainly the situation that I'm in which is that you just need to say you know for instance for you even if you said okay, I'm just going to comply, I'm just going to go and get the vaccine and I'm just going to co- kind of continue to, to try and live this and I won't feel authentic, but I'll just do my best. Um, you know, potentially you're going to kind of miss, you know, a, a huge opportunity for, for, for growth and change. Yeah. And I think that's what, yeah. what a lot of people yeah. people are thinking. It's like, you know, if I try to cling to um, the old, whatever that means, it doesn't necessarily, even, you know, some people, it's not even necessarily about, about the vaccine or whatever, but it's like, if I try to kind of cling to the old ways, uh, you know, that I've been living, you're gonna kind of miss this this new world that's being created, and you know, obviously, I do have my times of being more more pessimistic, but I also, you know, similar to you, feel quite alive and quite optimistic that something is in the making here. We're, we're kind of building something, you know. The fact that we're having this conversation right now, um, mm. you know, the fact that this this community, it, it's almost like we're never more than one or two degrees of separation from someone else in the community who people mm. know sometimes even personally and. You know there's there's definitely a movement that has been created yeah. here which is the first you know obviously like we've been part of the bitcoin mu- movement and that's you know something else which is along similar lines but now it's like this real unification of lots of different people who just care about these fundamental principles who have just maybe been sitting quite quietly for a long time and now have just said you know what it's time to actually stand up it's time to speak up it's time to get active and um you know so I really kind of uh, wish you the best with um with everything and um you know I, I kind of hope but also really strongly believe that something good will come out of this and that hopefully there'll be a kind of new lease of life at the other uh, the other end of it and something really really exciting because i know that you know things that you've kind of been um you know i've been following you for a while and you've definitely kind of um inspired me and i've learned a lot from you so i, I think that you have a lot to offer and uh you know i i really kind of wish you the best for whatever comes after after april
1: i really appreciate that um that's that's great um and so likewise with what you were doing i think your i think that your voice is really strong and really clear and i think um it's great timing um and i think it's connecting with a lot of people um and i i'm, I'm sure it'll have a big impact so uh yeah well hopefully i'll maybe come and sort of see you in in, in mexico in a few months time uh or in el salvador
0: <laughs> i really hope so i mean you know um people are kind of coming together and uh, you know things are happening out here so you know definitely if you come to mexico then let me know and um it'd be great to to hang out so just before i kind of sign this off i just want to like apologize to to the listeners for the the sound quality it's not up to usual standards um because uh as i mentioned uh to you self-bank before this conversation i'm in a in a hotel room which is probably the most echoey hotel room in the world um so i apologize and i will try and do better in the next one um but yeah um thanks so much for coming on the podcast and i'll leave you you. with um any last words that you have and where people can find you and then uh, i'll I'll let you sign it off
1: um i've i've really enjoyed this um and so thanks for the opportunity to talk um it, it's 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 just great to to, to talk with particularly kind of new people and and sort of realize that you've got so much in common with people who you know you've never had a chat with before that, that's one of the great things about this community um i am on i'm ship posting on twitter most of the time at self Banked. um so that's a good place to find me yeah <laughs> Thanks so much. Cheers.